here we are right now with some more words to share. Today, I'd like to answer this question. Why is modern life so toxic? It's a bit of a loaded question, in a sense, because you might ask, well, what makes you so sure that modern life is so toxic? And to that I would say, it is. It downright is. We've got a big problem on our hands. Understatement of the century. But there's a simple solution. There is. There is a simple solution to all of this. I'm going to give it to you. It's so easy. It's so simple. It's so clear. But let me expand on this. Let me tell you why modern life is so toxic. And it's simply because things are out of control. There is no one who is actually sitting back and thinking this whole thing through. This whole human species thing. This whole planet Earth thing. There's no grand design. There's no cleverness to it. Now, of course, you could say that, well, are you just seeing all the ugliness? And I would say no, because between ugliness, there is beauty. There is immense beauty in this world. And there is amazing design. There is amazing elegance in how things are unfolding. But this modern life that we are in, this lifestyle, this Western sort of capitalist lifestyle that we have, this consumerism lifestyle, that is toxic. And most fundamentally, it's toxic because humans are not hive animals. Did you know this? Humans are not hive animals. Hive animals are ants, bees, wasps, termites. And then there's also pack animals like reindeer, elephants, llamas, sheep, goats, yaks, dogs, wolves, flocks of birds, schools of fish. Humans are not hive animals. We're tribal animals. We are tribal. Which means that for the majority of our existence on this planet, we have been set in a certain way of living. And all that has evolved through our senses and our bodies and our minds is poised to deal with that. It's poised and optimized to live like that. We are tribal animals, and we're always going to be tribal animals. Now, the world population, as recently as 2000 BC, 4,000 years ago, 
was so small that we didn't have the need for big cities. This whole thing of big cities, skyscrapers, they've only been around for less than 4,000 years. Now that is a blip in the eyes of time. It's just a blink of the eyes in the grand spectrum of the ancient world that we're in. And things evolve slowly. You could say, well, have we adapted? Have we changed? And the answer is yes, to an extent. In many ways, we have adapted. But in many ways, there are still deep things that are working against us. There are still deep things that aren't right about this hive life. Now, look at how hive animals work. Basically, how hive animals work is there's very large numbers of them and they work. All they do is work. And they don't really think about why it is that they're working. They don't really have any other option as to why they're working or how they're working. They just do it. Now, in some colonies, there's sort of different roles and there's different positions. But generally speaking, if you're a hive animal, all you do is you work, you go to sleep, and that's it. And you don't even reproduce. You don't even have offspring. It's the queen bee that does all that. So it's a very simple sort of life, and you're only really programmed with a prime directive. Now, humans are the opposite of that. Humans have this vast potential for exploration, for self-realization, for finding different feelings, different experiences, different colors, different senses, going to all sorts of different places, having all sorts of emotions and thoughts and images and dreams and and the and the, the just the, the vastness of the human experience that is the glory of being human that is the glory of being alive as a homo sapien but it's also the curse it's also the dilemma because we are given this potentiality if you want to put it in such words and yet we're forced to live in a hive we're forced to live in a skyscraper and this has a detrimental effect make no mistake about it this world around you is affecting you just think about how the world is affecting you when you're living in a city it might be that you've always lived in a city and you've become sort of numb to it now is that well adjusted is that well adapted Does that mean you've evolved to live as a hive animal? Or is it just that you've become unaware of the pain that you're surrounded by? I don't know. That's for you to answer. That's for you to find out. But think about this city life. The city life is full of concrete. It's full of cars. Cars are only a recent invention as well, let alone cities. It's full of noise. It's full of fumes from the cars it's full of advertising it's full of imagery 
And then there's also the popular culture of the music and the radio. And not to say anything of the internet. And just think about it. To go, to go like from your house to get food and then come back to your house and then cook the food and eat it. You've got to like drive down certain numbers of number of streets on which the architecture is going to visually be making an impression on you and you're going to drive past any number of advertisings which are going to make an impression on you and then you're going to be like in the shops right just just think of driving down into like an underground car park you're in a, a metal car which is basically just a metal bubble. And you're driving that into a concrete box. And then you're going up the stairs to another concrete box, which is full of food. And then you're going back down and back to your house. And all this while, things are going in through the senses. The concrete, the architecture, the buildings, the smells, the images, the sounds. And the other people. You actually see the other people. You see the look on their face. You see the way in which they're walking. You see their posture. You see how much light is in their eyes. Or lack thereof. You see the people that are overweight. Obesity is a very big problem at the moment, worldwide. Let's not even get started on that. The fact of the matter is that you see this. You actually see these people. Sometimes you see people with their families. Sometimes you see people with their loved ones. Sometimes you see people who are overworked. People who are clearly stressed and doing way too much to try and chase whatever it is they're chasing. To try and catch up to whatever it is they're trying to catch. And you see this. You see people and whether it's conscious or not how people look affects you maybe even more than the architecture and the advertising now in the case of the advertising that is some serious work because advertising has been developed to actually infiltrate your brain. It's actually, it's actually the, the, the one thing which is trying to make the most immediate, fast impression on you. The whole point of advertising is to make an impression on you. Have you ever considered that? Have you ever really just sit, sat yourself down 
and realize that advertising is, the whole point of it is, to impress something upon you. And it's so over the top, really, in many ways. And sometimes it's not, it's not as bad when it's over the top because it's obviously over the top. But there is advertising that really cuts, really gets deep. It hits deep into the emotions. It gets deep into primal things. Things like the lust for sex. Things like the hunger for food. Basically, food and sex is all about the mechanics of advertising. And this is the world we live in. This is the thing that we have going on day in, day out. And it's so far removed from what we need to live a healthy life. You've basically got everything working against you to be healthy. To really cut out all the mess, it takes some serious work. And to be isolated, living in a city, is really a hard slog. It really is a hard slog. And that's because it's a hive. And humans are not hive animals. We're tribal animals. We're more like pack animals. Now, I did say there was a simple solution. And there is. And it's very simple. And before I give it to you, I'll just say that if any of this can resonate with you, then that's already a good thing. That's already a step ahead. Because the, the majority of people live in cities in the same way that fish live in water. Well, the analogy doesn't really work because <laughs> a fish is meant to live in water. <laughs> so maybe that's not the best metaphor. Maybe a pig in mud is better, but still, a pig is quite content in mud, so <laughs> that's not really the right metaphor either. So how do I say this? Basically, if you're if if it's normalized to you, then it's yeah, it's it's gonna be hard for you to realize. Like what what is it that's gonna crack you to wake you up? Like basically you're gonna to have to leave your city. It's almost like when you go on a holiday and then you come back for some time and you sense that, ugh, that just that muck of the city, that muck of the lifestyle hitting you. So if you can sense these things, you're already on a higher level. You're already on your way to this awareness. So that's at least one good thing. But now for the solution. And it's a simple solution that you can carry with you. And it's this. Be natural. What is it for you to be natural? What is it going to take for you to be natural? 
Now, when we think of tribal Neanderthals, tribal Homo sapiens, they were all natural. They walked around the bush. Instead of driving around concrete in a metal bubble with architecture and sound and smells and toxic fumes all around, they were walking around the bush. They were walking across the land. And instead of eating processed foods and condensed foods, they were eating natural foods. They were eating from the earth. Now, of course, I don't want to romanticize the past. Tribal humanity had many terrible things that we need, we need to have left behind. And I'm not to say that we should go back to that way of living. We need to incorporate that tribal aspect of ourselves into modern life. And we do need to adapt. Ultimately, that is the solution. The solution is to adapt. But at least start with being natural. And you can do this with your food. You can do this with the places that you go. You can do this with the things that are important to you or the things that you spend your time doing. And there's really no end to the creativity in naturalness. Like just just in food, I mean, that's a whole movement now, right? Like all natural food, all natural products. It's, it's sort of funny that in a sense that's, that's sort of been overtaken by the capitalists and they've sort of turned it into the thing that it's not like. When something says all natural on it, it's actually more likely that it's just trying to be sold to you. So you do have to be careful. It's sort of, it's sort of ironic that anything that anything that is pure and good sort of gets taken by the culture and society at large and then turned into the sort of push for profit. And it's funny that we can see that. I mean, you can see that. And it's not to say you should be distrusting. Like, you still have to buy certain products. You still... I'm not saying... I'm not saying stop shampooing your hair. (laughs) Although some people, well, maybe... Maybe that is how being natural plays out for you. (laughs) And it really is just a matter of going out into the bush sometimes. Because the most unnatural thing is to look at a screen. The most unnatural thing is to eat processed foods. The most unnatural thing is to be inside a car, which is inside a concrete box, which is underground. So you can just start by saying, well, I'm not going to do those things so much. I'm not going to do those things unless I really need to at this time. And if you really think this through, if you really want to actually get this right on a lifetime scale, you would look at moving away from the city. But 
Now, the other side of it is that, well, what about the things that are good, right? Because when you go to the mall, and this is something I probably should have talked about a little bit earlier, but here it is. When you go to the mall, you actually have this sort of unnatural experience, and yet it's somehow quite good. It's quite beautiful. Because what you're walking around, like like an underground car park, that's sort of distasteful, right? We can agree on that. But what about walking through the mall? Now, if you walk through the shopping center or the mall, what you have is like this, this clean marble floors and all this perfectly clear glass and all these amazing products like there's jewelry and there's this elaborate clothing. It's beautifully designed. It's beautifully sourced from these amazing materials. And there are all these images around of incredibly good-looking people. And all these amazing foods with these meticulously designed tastes. And if you really look around the mall, you can say that this is beautiful. This is amazing. This is nothing like living in the woods, in the bush, as a hunter-gatherer in the tribal period of human history. It's nothing like that. And yet it's, it's somehow so beautiful. It's somehow so good. And the question is, well, what is true beauty? What is beautiful to you? And it does take something to appreciate these amazing products that we have, these amazing shops and architecture designs that we have. But it also takes something else to see that it's quite unnatural, which is why it's so enticing, why it's so deceptive. And the solution is not to demonize. It's not like, it's like, ah, anti-capitalist. Don't become like that. We're not doing away with capitalism and the free market anytime soon. So don't demonize something because then you then you just end up with the same problem. You just end up in you end up in ugliness. And it's quite unnatural to really be pushing against something that is so large and so big and it's it's, it's global in its development in its emergence. So don't rail against capitalism. Don't demonize it. And yet still, you can come back to this thing of be natural. When you're walking through the mall and you're thinking, wow, this is quite dazzling and quite pretty, you can ask yourself, well, is it natural? And don't get the idea that being natural is just, well, anything that is hunter-gatherer. Anything that is from the Paleolithic period. What did the tribal people do? If they didn't do it, then I'm not doing it. Not exactly. It's not exactly what natural means. What I mean by be natural is, is more like when someone plays the piano and you say, oh, they're a natural. Or someone picks up a sport, they try a new sport, 
And they say, oh, they're natural. That's what I mean by natural. Does it come in a way that is wholesome? Is it something that you can do in a wholesome way? Is it something that you can move through as an experience without getting addicted to it or hurt by it or overwhelmed by it or distracted by it? And that's the difference. So if you can walk through the mall and not get caught up in the whole thing, because it's, it's all there to entice you into buying something, but if you can appreciate it and walk through and keep walking, then you're all right. You can remain natural. And of course, it's a, it's a tricky thing because when you're, when you're in your environment, when you're, this, this is the real fundamental problem is that you're in it. You're living in the city. And that's why it's so important to go away every now and then. That's why it's so important to re- self-reflect. So that's be natural in response to this question, why is modern life so toxic? And it is just a thing we have to look at, something we have to look at intelligently, something we have to remember. (laughs) don't ask me how we're going to remember it and as I was saying before you do eventually need to move away from the city you do need to find your tribe I didn't even say anything about the relationships that occur within a city this whole thing of relationship dynamics interpersonal dynamics totally different in a city. Now, of course, you could say that there's there's big problems with small towns as well. <laughs> and probably that is the case. I don't know if it's... Exa- it's, not, it's, it's never an exact opposite as a solution. There's always something a little bit more to it. So don't think black and white. Don't think... Oh, living in the city is bad, so I'll move to the country. (laughs) No, that's not how it works at all. These are simply things to be aware of. And I think that's something to go on. I think be natural is something to go on. So, those are a few thoughts. And we'll be back soon with more.